1: Greetings and welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 football podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. He's Max Olson. And Max, it's Oklahoma again. Oklahoma wins its sixth consecutive Big 12 championship, 14th Big 12 championship overall. Um, no other school has more than three. Um, this feels very repetitive, doesn't it? E- even in a down year, a down year for OU, uh, they still come out on top.
2: Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I think for OU players and coaches – Now you can kind of spread it out a little. You can put, you know, three rings on one hand and three on the other. That's probably probably a good way to go. You know, so you don't have just five on one hand. That's that's gonna hurt at some point.
1: Well, and you might tip over.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yep, it's uh (laughs) I don't know, it's funny. I feel like these last three big twelve big twelve title games, you would probably like if you asked the opposing coach after, they'd be like, Yeah. You know, it's the Denny Green. They are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because um, Baylor <laughs> was so close. Texas was, was close and blew it in the final minutes there. And um, Iowa State was driving to try and win the game. They had
1: their opportunities. I mean, they uh, Bre- uh, Brock Purdy through three interceptions in this game, uh, two of which were basically in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they they had every opportunity. And, and really – uh, Oklahoma jumps out to 24-7 lead at halftime, and but once again, uh, this Oklahoma team has a hard time holding on to a lead. The difference this time is, though, the defense stiffened up in the fourth quarter, and, and they were able to hold on. But, um, but man, this is, this is still an Oklahoma offense in progress, and that's, I think, the scary thing for the rest of the league. Is that if they can win the Big 12 this year with this offense, which, by the way, is still good? It's still really good offense, but it's just not what we're used to seeing next year when, in year two for Spencer Rattler. I, I would imagine that's pretty scary.
2: Well, I wouldn't say scary because I think we've seen. I would say the Kyler Murray offense was a lot scarier. The, you know, Baker Mayfield's last team was probably scarier to play against offensively. I think it's more. If you know, it's more really a missed opportunity for Iowa State, for Oklahoma State, uh, for Texas, for for the teams that you know had top 25 caliber rosters and had a chance to go make a run and win a title this year. Um, you know, they just couldn't get it done. Texas couldn't beat Oklahoma head to head, Oklahoma State couldn't, and uh, you know, Iowa State won the first one but um came up short the second time. And and uh, yeah, the the Purdy interceptions definitely loom large, and I know. He also did things to give him a chance in the second half to come back, but man, that one—the way that the way that it ended it, I know there was a lot of talk about the clock management at the end there and stuff like that. But um, man, what a, what a tough throw for him to to end that.
1: Yeah, I mean because it seemed like things were they were moving down the field. They, I yeah. think there was a penalty there on that last drive. It looked every they had yeah, the all full the full starts killed him. Yeah, yeah, and and another thing, you know, the fact that Oklahoma on the drive before was able to go down and get a field goal at least that pushed it away that that Iowa State had to score a touchdown in, in that yep. last moment. So that was pretty big too. Um,
2: it was and and uh you know Trey Brown man that he just he plays pretty well in that stadium. I mean, I mean we you all know? should have seen that coming, right? I mean he- <laughs> And that that's the laudable thing about Oklahoma and it's been true in these these big moments in Jerry World is um the offense, you know, we haven't seen Oklahoma's offense come out and drop forty five in one of these Big Twelve title games the last three years. It's a pretty good offense that against a good defense, it it's come down to Oklahoma needing guys on defense to make plays, and, and that continues to happen. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. Trey Brown, uh, for for those who don't remember. Th- uh, 2018 he sacked Sam Ellinger in, in the fourth quarter for a safety that that helped sort of put that game Totally swung that game. Yep. Um uh, the next year he chases down a Baylor receiver whose name is escaping me right now but who Chris was Black. going down to, yeah was yeah. going down to for the for the go ahead touchdown they end up having to settle for a field goal. OU wins in overtime. This year two monster kick returns that both set up points for OU after Iowa State touchdowns and then obviously the the game clinching interception. So uh, they're going to miss him next year because uh, yep. I, I, it's pretty clear that he's not going to take advantage and come back. He's accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. So next year Oklahoma's opponent won't have to worry about Trey Brown at least.
2: <laughs> it's a uh, amazing job by him and and you know I thought it was I thought it was a great battle. I thought it kind of played out the way I you know I sort of figured where Oklahoma would go on a run in the first half and Iowa State would have to hanging in there, obviously losing Ashim Young and at the start of that game doesn't help. Um, you know, and I think Oklahoma did it generally as as we've seen all season, um, you know, Oklahoma's played really good run defense this season. So they were able to they didn't totally shut down Brees Hall, but they were able to contain him enough to to put more of that pressure on Purdy and um Iowa State was able to make some plays, but um, you know, it was just a real it, it was a nice job by Oklahoma to to hang on there.
1: Yeah, Bre- Brees Hall has well over 100 yards in the first meeting, uh, I think 100 yeah. after halftime. Uh, he was time the he difference finishes, the first time, for sure. Yeah. This time he scores two touchdowns, but he finishes with 79 yards. And, uh, and Brock Purdy, again, throws three interceptions. One of those interceptions is Pat Fields, who dropped two interceptions in Ames uh, yeah. earlier this season. Um, so, so there's just so many things they did this time that they didn't do last time. Spencer Rattler took care of the ball, didn't take care of the ball last time. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot. Of, you can tell there was a lot of growth from this Oklahoma team. However, I also think that it's perfectly fair to say that this validates Iowa State as a legitimate team. I mean, they they were in this game. They didn't quit when they were down. Um, you know, this is, this is a legitimately good Iowa State team who I think will – should play well in the Fiesta Bowl. I expect them to play well.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, you saw the result in the ACC title game, and people kind of had to rethink things and say, well, how much does that, you know, invalidate that Notre Dame won the first one, right? That's not, like, the case with this one, I don't think. I think we saw pretty clearly in the two games they played, Iowa State was, was about as good or just as good as Oklahoma, you know? And um, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it was perfect in those four, you know, those eight quarters combined, but um, I think we saw those were two pretty – Pretty uh, you know well matched teams, so it was interesting as I was watching on Sunday, Jason. I'm curious how much you were thinking about this on Sunday morning. That you know, obviously, our, our colleague Ari Wasserman, he was touting Oklahoma uh, as the as the four <laughs> seed in his ideal world, right? Um, on Saturday night, late Saturday night, and it, it got it did make me think. You know, if if, if Oklahoma doesn't blow it at home against K State. No doubt. What is, the, what is the scenario early Sunday morning um, for that four spot?
1: Oh, they're in if they don't lose to Kansas State. I, you look at the rest of the, the the teams, and if they don't blow that game to Kansas State, I, I don't see how you keep a one-loss Big 12 champion out of the Final Four when you have, a, you have Notre Dame getting embarrassed the night before. You have a Texas A&M sitting there as a non-champion, who I don't think the committee really wanted to put in if yep. they could avoid it. And Oklahoma gives you a great option right there to avoid all of that. So yeah, I, they they uh, man that Kansas State game will haunt them. However, I will also say that I think this worked out perfectly for OU because they don't have to go to the playoff and lose again, which would happen. Let's be honest; they were they're not going to beat
2: Alabama. Right. The prize is you get to play Alabama. That's yeah. that's you know for whoever gets that spot.
1: But this time they get to go to a good bowl and a Cotton Bowl, play a really good opponent. See how they stack up against an upper tier SEC team without the pressure of the playoff. I I think this is perfect for them.
2: Well, and they're it, you know they're getting Florida without Kyle Pitts, and we'll see who else kind of opts out too. between now and then. Um, I think you're probably right about that. I would honestly say the same thing about AM. It's probably better for their trajectory under Jimbo Fisher and just sort of the momentum of their program in year three. That you can say, hey, we. You know, if they find a way to beat North Carolina, you can say, hey, that's that's, you know, that's huge for for 2021 as opposed to getting getting whooped by Bama again. You know, what does that do for you? You know, right,
1: right. I mean, uh, but
2: I think you're probably right. I think the I think people would have been so down on Oklahoma on Saturday night like you saw that they they would have said, well, hey, Oklahoma avenged their loss, Um, you know. And, and if you don't have the K-State one, do they respect the Big 12 and, like, the quality of wins enough? Like, potentially, yeah. I mean, because what are they touting for Notre Dame? It was a win over North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if Oklahoma had had wins over Texas and Oklahoma State, I mean, yeah, that might have been enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think about two years ago, too, it was the same situation. OU avenge the loss to Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if if but they were in a lot of close games that year. If they'd screwed around and lost to West Virginia, well, West Virginia was a good team, but
2: still, if they'd had another
1: sure. loss, um, that you know that that could have sunk them. So uh, absolutely,
2: I think. And then the committee ends up kind of doing the right thing and puts them in the day after. Yeah, after they right. they avenge it with Texas. So right, it would have been it would have been interesting. It, it certainly gives kind of a different weight to that. Like if you were you and I were go go back and rank the best Big Twelve games of the year, it certainly kind of elevates the K State Oklahoma one even more. You know that. That was a really good K State team with Skylar Thompson healthy and Deuce Vaughn going off. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a really strong performance. And, and OU just made one too many mistakes in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Well, um, Max, one, one thing Lincoln Riley said after the game I thought was interesting, um, and I'm not sure what you thought about it is, you know, there was this big uh, dust up in the state of Oklahoma, especially about the All Big 12 team and OU having no first team defenders. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, Nick Benito maybe even Ronnie Perkins. There were some pretty good candidates there. Um, you could tell on Twitter that everyone on the team was really pissed off about it. And Lincoln Riley uh, admitted that after the game, in fact, used that phrase, pissed off. Um, I mean, do you think that the Sooners got, got screwed there? Do you think that stuff matters? I, I I wonder if coaches are being a little petty. That was honestly one of the things I wondered, if, if maybe uh, these coaches are just sick of Oklahoma. <laughs> um. Lincoln yeah, Riley I, I, almost said that too after the game.
2: Yeah, that, that's interesting, man. I think looking at this team, you know, the guys that did get those D line spots: Jaquan Bailey, White Hubert, Joseph Oside, Darius Stills, all, you know, all deserving. You know, right. Will McDonald from Iowa State was one of the one that surprised me a little bit. I would have thought, I would have thought that may have gone to um, maybe Isaiah Thomas, just in terms of the fact he was available the whole season. So is that is a little surprising to me. And and obviously Benito was just such a, he just created so much pressure this season. I thought he was really impressive. So it's, it's funny, like, you know, the, the big kind of headline with the all conference teams was that Iowa state had so many selections and, and, you know, practically swept uh, the, the awards and stuff. And the funny thing about it is that this is not really about hype. It's, it's really about respect within the conference, just from the league's coaches or, you know, whoever fills it out for the league's coaches. And, uh, So I was surprised. I was surprised that OU got snubbed uh, defensively because, you know, I think relative to the Oklahoma defenses we've watched the last few years, this was a a really sound unit.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they, they rank now as one of the best defenses in the country. Um, they they're I, Going into last weekend, they were number four in the country in run defense. Uh, Benito and Thomas and Perkins all have a bunch of sacks. I mean, um, I don't know. I just found it interesting. Lincoln did say, in addition to saying they were pissed, that he needs to send gift baskets to all the league coaches because he fired everybody up uh, for this game. But, um, you know, look – Coaches and, and there's no doubt that all four of those guys are deserving uh, of being on that team. It's hard to argue right. with that. Um, but it is noticeable when Oklahoma has does have such a good defense, and, and they have no one on that team. And, we, and you know, I think coaches are cap- are capable of being petty. I mean, just look at these today. We see all the
2: the coaches pull
1: uh, <laughs> individual the ones. coaches polls, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which which by the way I I'm fine with putting Ohio State lower, but well, that's another topic for
2: another. Your, topic. your team Dabo on that one, yeah.
1: I am and on that specific instance. Yes. Yeah. Team well,
2: I, I think the Oklahoma thing too, if you could just go look at the game log here, um, you gotta, you gotta respect that the way they got this done after giving up 38 to K state 37, to Iowa state. And then obviously a lot fewer points in regulation against Texas, but it ends up at 45. Um, they didn't give up 30 points in any game after that. You know, they, they got better. And, and uh, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty impressive job by Alex Grinch. I know his name has has popped up now for some of these jobs. I I, I, I think he's a rising star still, and and that was kind of the, um, you know, the reputation coming in from Ohio State, and and I think at this point he's he's really gotten the job done.
1: Yeah, he he's he's been pretty unbelievable, really. I mean, in in just two years, I mean, uh you look at it. Two years ago, 2018, OU wins games in the month of November. Uh, just, I I think it was, uh, it was. Uh, 51-46, 55-40, 48-47, and 59-56 were final scores in the month of November 2018. Yeah. And uh, and one of those was against Kansas. And now, in the month of November, they've they've really been dominant. So it's an unbelievable job. He's going to get head coaching uh, opportunities, I'm sure. There was a report over the weekend that he was going to interview at Arizona. I don't think I would recommend taking that job if I was Alex French. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Jesus, that seems like a little bit he, of a he coach could, he killer. He could call
2: up, uh, he can call up Mike Stoops and ask for some advice on that one.
1: He can call up Mike Stoops, Kevin Sumlin, uh, Rich Kevin Rodriguez, Sumlin. Yep. anyone who had their careers ruined in Tucson, Arizona. He can call them up <laughs> and and ask them for advice. So. No
2: doubt. I, I thought it was so. They're going to um, take on Florida, and then how about Iowa State? You know, not not going back to the Alamo, not going back to uh, to to, uh, to Florida for the cheese Bowl. They are going to a near six bowl. I know. In, in twenty twenty against the Oregon Ducks, the uh uh Pac twelve champs, kind of at, sort of, you know. At
1: four and two, right? At four, four and, and, two. and <laughs> two. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you, I'm happy for Iowa State, and I know there are a lot of people nationally who are pissed off that they got in and Indiana didn't, but you know mm-hmm. what? I have no—I've you. I've made my opinion about the Big Ten very clear on this podcast, but further, I think it extends to this, too. Let's reward the conferences that played a full season when it comes to these big bowl games. Iowa State belongs there, in my opinion. Um, I, feel, I do feel bad for Indiana's players, but uh, if it's Iowa State or Indiana, me personally, I'd pick Iowa State, but that's just me.
2: Yeah, I I think uh, I it, people tend to kind of frame this as like, oh, they're overrating Iowa State. It's like I think probably they're just underrating Coastal and they're underrating Indiana and the teams that that too, you know, that just should be should have earned more respect from the committee. So um, I get that. I get why that's frustrating. Um, I think I think it's a pretty awesome way to cap things off for Iowa State and and what a you know what an epic year this was um, for their program you know, already their best season ever, pretty much. I mean, I think if they win this bowl game, that's the most wins in school history. They haven't had a 10-win season ever. So, um, you know, they're they're real close. And uh, fa- I'm, I'm fascinated to see just how much this team comes back next year too because now that they've kind of reached the mountaintop here, maybe some of those players that, um, you know, were saying, hey, I'll take that extra year and we'll we'll go compete for a championship in 21. Maybe they're, they're saying, okay, we did it. We're good. And it's time to move on. So interesting kind of moment for their program yeah. Um, to see kind of who comes back. But I fully expect, you know, Brees Hall has to come back, and and I expect Brett Perri to come back. And so I don't think this is the last uh, we'll hear of the Cyclones.
1: No, I mean, it would it, be interesting to be in in the room for some of these conversations Matt Campbell will surely have with some of these players because I think you can make the case if you guys will all come back we can really make a run at the Big 12 next year. Similarly, I think Oklahoma can – I think Lincoln Riley can talk to Ronnie Perkins and Nick Benito and and some of these guys who may be thinking about leaving and Perry and Winfrey and telling them, if you guys come back, we can we can compete for a national title next year. I think OU right. is in that discussion next year if they bring all those guys back.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably right. And, and um, you add some more pieces to this team. But, yeah, I think you saw the way – um, especially just the way some of those guys came on late, like Winfrey, um, you know, I think where you really kind start of to, started to see the, the ceiling was really, really high for some of these guys. Um, there's going to be some interesting decisions ahead. We have already seen um, some Oklahoma players making decisions right uh, here in the last week. We've got, um, you know, TJ Pledger just went in the transfer portal this morning, which kind of makes sense. Uh, I figure, Jason, based on kind of how that running back rotation played out mm-hmm. uh, once Stevenson came back, Um, And then also Tanner Tanner Mordecai going in the portal. Um, Very interested to hear kind of where he goes. What would you think of those moves?
1: Well, um, neither of them were surprising. In fact, I I expected, we know that Tanner Mordecai flirted with the transfer portal a year ago, thought Mm -hmm. about going into it, decided to try to compete with Rattler, um, even though that was probably never going to happen. And then Mordecai also was one of the guys who missed a lot of fall camp for, for various reasons. And so, um, kind of un- unfortunate the way things worked out for him, but that's not surprising. Um, I, I would keep an eye on SMU w- when it comes to Tanner Mordecai. I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, mm-hmm. and by the way, SMU's offensive coordinator is Garrett Riley. So there's also that connection. Um, TJ Pledger, I expected him to go into the portal last year, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah. And then he, when he didn't, and then Kennedy Brooks opted out, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Trey Sermon transferred, Ramondre Stevenson was suspended. Uh, Pledger got a lot of chances. And, you know, you feel bad for him because he waited patiently for a couple of years as a very high-level high, high level recruit and uh, got his opportunity. And when he did, he rushed for 100 yards against Texas, 100 yards against TCU, and then Ramondre Stevenson come back, came back and and T.J. Pledger barely got any touches the rest of the year. So you feel a little bit bad for him and totally understand why he would, why he would make that decision.
2: Yeah. The other, you know, we're, we're going to be keeping an eye on the portal quite a bit here in the, in the weeks and months ahead. Cause it's uh, it's about to get crazy. Um, Kansas has now had 12 scholarship players go into the portal. Um, a lot of those veterans. I don't I don't know if that's less miles trying to move on from David Beatty guys and kind of build his own team, but you got a lot of that going on which is in, an interesting sort of loss for a team that um it's trying to trying to add talent not lose talent. And um, a team
1: that like you have pointed out before won't take any transfers.
2: Yeah. And then um Charlie Brewer. You know, interesting interesting move going on there. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Brewer, I I sort of figured he would um you know not be one of these guys that that was ready to move on from college who'd you know put in four long years at Baylor and um you know some of these guys like like a Sam Ellinger would just say hey I've had my time in college I'm good uh instead Charlie Brewer uh, decides uh that he wants to change the scenery and he announced yesterday he's going to transfer to Utah to try and compete uh for the starting job there what was your reaction when you saw that hit I
1: was uh, I was it's interesting it's it's, it's I, I I'm I'm I hope that it works out for him. I like Charlie Brewer. Yeah. I've I've liked him all 4 years that he's been at Baylor. Um I've always thought that he was a little bit maybe underrated. I th- I I think that mm-hmm. he's a he's a good player and um, you know wish him the best at, at Utah obviously, but um but yeah, that was an interesting move for him. I, I I had sort of a similar thought about him. I I wondered if the same thing if he would just sort of decide to move on, but uh still got a little bit of that fire left in him. I I think and Maybe that's an interesting fit for him. I don't know. Utah. Utah's been one of those programs that that can creep up and have some really good seasons. So,
2: yeah, it's it's an interesting deal, especially because Utah just took, um, you know, Jaquin and Jackson from Texas as well. Right. They took in two transfers in one day. You don't see very often. Um, and they already have a Texas transfer there, and in, in Cam Rising to, to coming right. back next year. So that competition is going to be really interesting. I wonder if teams will kind of keep recruiting Charlie Brewer and Jaquin and Jackson. Saying, hey, they're already bringing somebody else in. You, we, we need you more. I'm, I'm curious to see if maybe this is not over, but, um, interesting deal for Charlie Brewer. I, I would say, maybe not, under, maybe not underrated, but probably underappreciated in terms That's, of what yeah. he did for Baylor. You know, and I think yeah. that I'm sure he felt that this year. I, I know obviously the Baylor fan base, uh, not everybody, but a, you know, sort of a vocal. Vocal faction online, just just you know, was tired of Charlie Brewer and 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 let him hear it. And so that's tough. We we put a lot of pressure on these kids uh, to perform. I know he had really high hopes um, this season with this new offense and new staff uh, that this could be a really really big year for him. And that didn't really totally come together. Um, Part of it's you know O line and and some of the situations they had to work through this year and. Part of it was, um, you know, just this is this is what we've kind of seen from Charlie Brewer. It's not been super consistent, but he can play at a really high level. So um, I think it's a pretty pretty interesting addition for Utah, and uh, certainly the situation for Baylor going forward uh, is worth keeping an eye on. They've they've got uh, the the young guys who've been in the program a couple of years now. You've got drones coming in who I think is pretty talented. It's it's an interesting uh, you know sort of path ahead here for Dave Randa.
1: And another guy who went into the transfer portal today that I I found very interesting is Jelani Woods at Oklahoma State, who plays that cowboy back, H back yeah. tight end sort of position for them, very important in their offense. Uh what did you make of that? I, I was a little surprised by that name.
2: Yeah, the the response in, in terms of putting that out there right away was people saying, you know, they were they were both disappointed and, and understood because that's a guy that should have gotten the ball more. So um I always I always thought he was a really interesting piece sort of down the middle for that offense. Um, that that was there and uh, be curious to see if they can figure out a way to bring him back or um, kind of how you replace that. But um, uh, they, they did a great, it's a six, seven dude over the middle. Um, I, I think that that makes your offense better and uh, he could have some pretty interesting options. I would, I would think if he's just looking for a place where he can, um, you know, get more, um, you know, more, more snaps and, and more targets.
1: Max, I, I wanted to end on, I, I wanted to ask your opinion about this. Cause I, I you know, you, with Oklahoma having won the Big Twelve as much as they have, the last two years have been just painfully close for other teams that that were right there. Baylor, you know, gives up the big lead in, in the regular season and loses. Then has their heart uh, their heart tugged out in the Big Twelve championship game in overtime. This year, Iowa State gets that iconic huge win over Oklahoma, almost beats them in the Big Twelve. I, how do you think these programs, other than Oklahoma? You know, because you've got a pretty good finger on the pulse of, of the rest of the league. How do you think they view this? I mean, is it is this frustrating for, for the rest of the Big 12 to come agonizingly close and just have it pulled away from them again and again? I, I always wonder how it is for the other teams. I cover Oklahoma, so I see this side of it. But I always wonder about the other teams and how just heartbreaking this has to be, that they can all come this close and, and never seem to get over the hump.
2: You mean just in terms of dethroning Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, what, what are you going to do? I mean, as as long as Lincoln Riley's there and as long as he's developing the best quarterbacks in the country and, and recruiting and signing them and all that, um, then it's just going to be a really staunch opponent year after year. And so, um, and he's certainly made Oklahoma a lot cooler to recruit since he's taken over. And so they're just going to keep reloading. Um, that's just just where they're at. So. Um, I think it would really, it would take a year where the, you know, the quarterback gets injured or something, which, you know, you can go knock on wood over there if you want, but that's never really happened under Lincoln Riley. They've had a really, nope. they've still always stayed healthy, um, or at least healthy enough to play. So um, it's it the, the six year run is uh, it's very impressive because it's all been um, with with you know pretty different teams. I would say there were some that were so heavy offense and really poor defense. I think this one kind of more met. Uh, met in the middle here a little bit in terms of being more balanced, um, and and maybe last year's did too a little bit, but um, it's you know you're like you watch Jalen Hurts in the NFL yesterday and you're like yeah right. okay this is <laughs> this is why they keep doing it you know I mean they just as long as you keep uh, collecting the best in the country um, it it puts a lot of pressure on you know Texas to to get everything right on Oklahoma State to kind of have all the you know have a really veteran team like they did this year that that can um, you know be be lucky enough to, to pull it off um you know i think i think what we've seen in the big 12 is too that they're just they you know they, they beat each other up so much you know that there's we've seen a team kind of rise up each year that has the right the right pieces and all that um but i don't know it it's been you know when are we going to get back to a point where the big 12 has a year like you know like in 08 where you've got all of these sort of top top 15 teams. You know, I mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how we get there.
1: Yeah, that, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that year, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech all finished at the top of the, of the South, all right there in the national title hunt. And the big 12 is just not there right now, but you know, or even just, the year
2: I, when, when Kansas and Missouri were really up on, in the North too. I mean, it, it's just, it's an interesting, it's an interesting deal. It is kind of cyclical a little bit other than the fact that Oklahoma just stays at the top and that Texas sort of keeps screwing up, um, whenever they uh, collect just as much talent, but, but, you know, don't, um, you know, whether it's coaching or, you know, mistakes or whatever, that just can't put it all together. So, I mean, in terms of recruiting and all that, it's probably Texas. that's going to have to eventually figure it out and knock them off. But, um, you know, I, I, until they do, where I think we're going to keep seeing seeing teams rise up and and build really really talented rosters. And you know, it. it I guess one thing that's fun about this league is that at least we've seen at this point, kind of anyone can do it, right? I mean, TCU's had their run, Baylor's had their run, K State's had their run. Now we've seen it with Iowa State. Um, you know, they're like we've seen it pretty consistently from Oklahoma State. Texas Tech has had had those periods under Leach, like. At least the fun thing is that you kind of – it could be – I'm sure I'm not mentioning it. West Virginia had had those high years under Dana. Like The fun thing is that it feels like a bunch of programs can rise up to that high level. But but in terms of taking the throne, it's just really, really difficult.
1: Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma went 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014 without winning an outright Big 12 title. Now, they got – they, they got, they count 2012. I don't count 2012 because they lost head to head to Kansas State and were co champions, but, um, you know, one true champion and all one true pod. Uh, but they didn't win an outright title for four years and now they're on this six year run. So it can be done, um, but at the let same me, me time, you Oklahoma this. wasn't recruiting as good at that time either.
2: It is, now that I think about it, is what is the answer to this question is, is what it's going to take? Um, for, for Lincoln Riley to go to the NFL. Is that, is that what it's going to take to open up the Big 12 again, basically?
1: Yes, probably. And it would all <laughs> depend on who he handed it off to. Um, if, if he hands True. it off to Alex Grinch and he just keeps on rolling. Oh, or, I'm not saying, oh,
2: you would crater. I mean, with the yeah. next coach. I mean, that's a that's a job anybody would want to take. But, I mean, what <laughs> in terms of dethroning Lincoln Riley, is that literally what has to happen?
1: It might be. It might be. And and because, again, and, and I know we've already made this point, but this – this was the year to do it. If yep. somebody was going to do it, this was the year to do it because yep. Oklahoma's recruiting the way they're recruiting right now. The guys they're going to have back next year, they're going to be hard to beat again next year. Maybe for you know they may be a, a playoff team next year. So uh, it, it I mean, reminds I you I, of
2: some of those. I, look, they're they're definitely in the long run of of all the the Kansas. Big 12 titles, there were definitely some years when they were more talented than others and and some where they just scraped by because nobody else sort of stepped up yes. and took it, you know, because that's they just a, have that's... that experience to to go win the tournament, right? Or to go, um, you know, they've just been there enough times that they know how to do it. And that's where Oklahoma is now, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a that's an apt comparison there with Kansas basketball, because every year it feels like or there there have been a lot of years where we get into February and it's like, uh, is Oklahoma State going to do it? Is Oklahoma going to do it? No, nobody's going to do
2: it. But the longer this thing keeps rolling, the yeah. more as we've seen with Kansas basketball, the more elite guys want to be there yes. and the harder it gets for the people below them, you know? And yeah. so, um, you know, it, <laughs> and and. As as we've talked about plenty on this podcast, I mean, give, what's the ETA on Texas getting its shit together? I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh. this was you're right. This was the this was the year. This was the chance for everybody in the Big Twelve. Once Oklahoma lost a second game, I think there was a, a real feeling of wow, you know, anybody could take it this year, um, or at least that you know, you know that the 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 spots in the Big Twelve title game could get could get pretty weird. Um, and instead OU did what they always do. They rallied, they won a ton of games in a row, and uh, they just played played clutch in the big ones, you know? Yeah. Well, uh well, Max,
1: uh that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh hope you uh Max. Oh my I god, we I'll forgot I'll... something. What's that? What did we
2: forget? We didn't talk we didn't talk about Matt Campbell losing his mind.
1: Okay, well we can do that. We can do that.
2: <laughs> well, what you did what... you think of seeing that in the in the moment?
1: I thought he was gonna murder somebody.
2: I <laughs> I did too. I I came. It was premeditated, man. You can't keep pointing at the guy for all the world to see, and then you know, yeah. Then and then say it was something else. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! (laughs) That was incredible, and it's funny because I just wrote that story on Friday about how you know Matt Campbell, even keeled, um, you know, never high, never low. Um, I I it's worth clarifying that's that's how Matt Campbell operates. You know, outside of football stadiums and and inside him, he can get. You can get pretty intense. That was watching like Jaquan Bailey and other guys go up to Matt Campbell and being like, "Hey, yeah. you good?" Like trying to calm him down was was wild yeah. to see. Um, so that was a uh, well, you know big moment in Big Twelve officiating. Is as, as we 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 have to have a few every year, you know. Well, you, you I don't know. Did you guys were the people watching on
1: TV able to hear the hot mic moment earlier in the game with no. Matt Campbell? Yeah, there were. Well, there were I don't think mo- so. There were two moments with officials. There's the one everybody saw, the crazy screaming by the way he was wrong because they didn't touch any Iowa State players and they didn't snap the ball so he was actually wrong on his on, on the thing he was saying yeah about. but
2: but when you watch the replay on TV you're seeing it from the Oklahoma sideline angle right yeah, so you can yeah. I, to me I can understand why he may have seen something different from from his vantage point, but point taken. Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, no, earlier in the game, if you were in the stadium, you heard after uh, Shim Young was ad- ejected for targeting on what the second play or something. It was like super mm-hmm. early in the game, um, and that was a tough call.
2: That that was yep. a tough call because you know I mean we could do a podcast like, well, for an hour about targeting. We don't have to do that yeah. today.
1: Yeah. No, 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 no. But it was a tough call. I could have seen it going either way. But after that, uh, I think it may have been during a commercial or something, the the ref had his mic on and he was explaining to Matt Campbell. We could all hear him explaining to Matt Campbell. It was a defenseless player. And you just hear Campbell go, that's bullshit. <laughs> uh, he said it a lot more angry than I just said it. Um, so we had a couple. So maybe by the time we got to that potential offsides, he was just done, uh, fired up. So A lot, a lot I, of uh, vinegar, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm sure he of,
2: found it relatable.
1: A lot of vinegar, and uh, <laughs> although I've you know, never he, seen you get that mad, he didn't. No, you haven't. He and I don't think I've ever been that mad. No, I don't anything. think so. And uh, I, I wondered though if we were going to have after the game, and we didn't get one another Mark Mangino moment. You remember Mark Mangino uh, after they lose to Texas, coming into the press conference and saying they screwed us because of money and the BCS and Texas and <laughs> the all BCS. That
2: that's why you make that call. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> BCS Mark. Shout out Mark Mangino, great guy. But that was a that was a funny moment. Um, anyway, all right, Max. Well, I, you, you were good to point that out. We didn't. It was wild. In. We
2: just want to mention it. Um, you know, all, all is forgiven, Matt Campbell. That's uh, that was just a a while. Hey, look, you know, part of it is uh, you know it's a it's a big moment, and uh, Oklahoma's been in a ton of those. Iowa State is not. So, um, well, you know, interesting. I, I, I get, I get the was... passion.
1: That was on a fourth and two. Uh, they were trying to draw him off sides. They end up going for it anyway, and Brock Purdy picked up twenty three yards on the right. Next the zone play. read there, yeah, right. But but then two plays later, threw an interception. So you know, I, at that. first at first I thought maybe Matt Campbell's rant had inspired them to pick up that first down, and then a couple <laughs> plays later, uh, Trey Norwood. Yeah, if you saw,
2: I, I think he was. Uh... He he went and pointed it to the ref again after they converted it. Like he was not done. But no, yeah, that was look. I mean, that was situational football that came, that game came down to as we talked about. It. It's it's um, just untimely picks, you know. And uh, Purdy did a lot to put him in position to win. But um, you know, in, in a really tight game like that, you can't you can't give Oklahoma that many freebies, especially in scoring position.
1: Well, uh, well, is that it, Max? Are we good? Anything else? I think you want to so. Touch on? Yeah,
2: this was just a quick episode for everybody. We will. Uh, we will be back to talk about the bowl games. I know we didn't get into that so much uh, today, but we will uh, that's coming.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, do a bowl preview, preview later this week. Um, so two episodes in one week. We hope you all have a, a very Merry Christmas and a happy Festivus on Wednesday as well. I, I'm going to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> Please subscribe to our show, One True Pod, on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review and a good rating and find all our stories on The Athletic. If you're not yet a subscriber, you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash One True Pod. You don't just get the best college football coverage, you get all our sports coverage. So be sure to take advantage. And as Max said, we'll be back later this week with a bowl preview. Thanks so much for listening.